You're listening to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 70. Pick me, pick me. Welcome to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. We especially want to welcome you to the show today. If you are a first-time listener and checking out the podcast for the very first time, we're excited and glad to have you here. And if you're a returning listener, part of the Longer Haul community, man, thanks for hanging in there and still listening to us. We are grateful. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, we'd love for you to share it with other folks that you think would find it helpful, as well as making sure that you subscribe to the show so you get the episodes each and every time they come out and you don't miss any of the goodness. The goodness. Indeed. Jody Livingston. What's up, man? You good? I'm good. Yeah. So the guy that just gave you the incredibly awesome intro there, like he does every week, that's Jody Livingston. My name is Chris Trent, and we are a couple of youth pastors living in the Ad- Atlanta area. Not at the same church, at different churches, but we both have been doing youth ministry for a long time and love to invest in other youth pastors and hang out with other youth pastors. But, uh, Literally both are just, we're, we're recording this on a Wednesday night and we're both at our youth groups tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we're tired. We're just worn out. But uh, uh, we're doing it like you guys are doing it and gals are doing it. So, uh, so yeah, man, we love this stuff. Yeah, it's good. You can uh, track us down, catch up with us on social media stuff. Jody Livingston, it's J-O-D-Y, Chris Trent. You know, I don't really do the whole, tw- just just to clarify to some of the listener folks, by the way, like, I'm not doing the Twitter thing much these days, honestly. I mean, so, I'm more of the, inst- I'm a more of an Instagram kind of guy. You are so pretty active really, on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an Insta guy. I mean, I'm what, you know, and the stories too. I love, I love the story thing on there. So, anyway. I should, I should probably more intentional, be more intentional as a whole. I just find myself not caring. (laughs) (laughs) I think about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, it's all good. Yeah, so check us out there. Uh, You can also find The Longer Haul over on the Facebook. And uh, we're always glad when folks check us out over there. Yeah, including our Facebook group, man. We'd love love to have you on that. It's good stuff. Super secret podcast group. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so you can check out that over there. Also, the show notes page, uh, all of the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode, you can find over on the show notes page, which is at thelongerhall.com slash episode 070. Thelongerhall.com slash episode 070. And that's it. That's, that's all of our housekeeping. That's it. That's it. Uh, we do want to thank our sponsor, Man, excited to have these guys sponsoring the show. It helps us out a ton uh, just with covering the cost of the show and being able to continue to do it and provide it. Uh, And that is YM360. 
great, great resource for you in youth ministry, whether you're looking for Bible study curriculum, uh, devotional stuff, D-Now resources, youth leader development, which we're talking about youth leaders, youth volunteers today, uh, and summer camp stuff. We've talked about that with you. You went to Generate. Um, yeah, man. Generate. It's, it's amazing. It's a great camp. Great options, great resources for you. Man, I, I think this time of year, especially a lot of folks start uh, thinking curriculum, looking through some of that stuff. And uh, one, one of the things I really love is is they really have like a six-year curriculum map that you, you can kind of grab a hold of. And I, man, I, I love that because a lot of student ministry curriculum is it's short. It's, it doesn't. We, we, it doesn't in, we in the biz call that the scope and sequence there, Jody. Indeed. The scope and sequence. <laughs> it's fantastic. So all of that's there. All the, some smaller stuff too. You don't have to jump into that, but great resources uh, regardless of what you're looking for and what your needs are there. So be sure to check them out, ym360.com. And because you're a listener of The Longer Hall and a part of this, you can use the promo code Longer Hall and save yourself 20% off. Your next order. Although, I'll give you a little insight, a little personal insight about these these this team of folks there too. All of those folks, Jody, are working with teenagers also. Yeah, like like so the people that are there, like Andy Blanks, for instance, one of the co-founders there, and one of the main curriculum writer type writer publisher guys there. Um, I mean he he's hanging out with teenagers all the time. You know, and so I love that. I love when that's a core value of, of groups like that. So it's good. Yeah, I appreciate it very, very much. Very much. So be sure to check out those guys. YM360.com. Yeah. So important topic, relevant topic, probably for sure. This time of year, we are talking all about youth ministry volunteers. <laughs> But not, not everything there is to know about youth ministry volunteers. So Jody named this podcast. So we decided to talk about volunteers, and Jody named it. And I was like, all about, like, we're really going to make that proclamation? that. We- <laughs> so it's not, it's not like... Listen to our podcast, and we will tell you everything you need to know about volunteers. All. So it's not like all that there is to know. It's just that... All, all that we, we're going to talk about today is youth ministry volunteers. All that we know, which ain't necessarily a ton, but but we have lived it for a while. So we recognize the value. So let's jump let's, in. You want to jump in? Yeah, here we go. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. I'm so excited to hear all you know about youth ministry volunteers. That's really funny. It's really funny, Joey. <laughs> um, all about. So here's what we do know, though, and we were talking about this as we were kind of setting up this thing. We were talking about, folks, and you got to believe us on this one. You just have to believe us. The importance of volunteers. Now, I think we all probably would go, "Oh yeah, volunteers are important." We all would say that because you're supposed to say that, right? But I'm gonna tell you right now that I really do believe that you cannot maintain doing it on your own or mostly on your own long-term. Um, I feel like lo- to, to experience longevity, 
like in youth ministry, you know, and here we are doing this, this, this podcast where we're talking about the longer haul. And, and I think, and we often clarify this too, Jody, the way we talk about, sometimes we're talking about, okay, well, what does longer haul mean? Do we mean at your current church or do we mean doing youth ministry long-term? And our answer is always yes. yes. We, we're talking about both of those things, but in both of those things, I will tell you that I, I really believe you have got to figure out the importance and value of having volunteers. Do you agree with that? No, absolutely. And I think even, I mean, obviously we're talking longevity, but even in the short term, your effectiveness is greatly multiplied by the number of volunteers that you have investing in the lives of teens. Um, so it's, it's crucial. It's just a crucial element that you have to do. And, and there, and it's not always easy either. Nope. That's the thing is we're not sitting here saying that, Oh yeah. Why don't you know, I definitely not saying that it's automatically easy to get them. Or that everybody's in a situation yeah, you know, where they can sure. easily get them. But but they're there. It takes work. You know, it takes work. It requires discipline. It requires learning how to get them. I mean, there's all kinds of layers. We're going to talk about some of that stuff as we jump into this thing. Um, but it is important. And uh, it just, it, I think it just has to happen. I think you have to learn this. I think it's a tool that you have to have in your, your toolbox um, long term. I think... When I think of um, when I think of youth pastors that I see who are being successful, right? And I'm saying I'm doing air quotes, but no one can see that successful. Uh, maybe I should say not successful. Maybe let me say effective. Um, I did air quotes again, which I don't know why, because no one can see them. Um, when I think of youth pastors though, who are being effective in in their ministry and effective at really discipling and pouring into students. The the one thing they seem to all have in common is that they do a really good job with youth volunteers, and I think I think I mean that that's not an accident. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and I would say that the this is not a scientific study. This is just an educated guess that the youth pastors that are struggling with two years in and out, two years in and out, two years in and out over and over again are probably youth pastors that are not good, either a good or at, at getting volunteers or B taking the time to get them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, and I have met some, again, all these years of doing this, I, I've met some youth pastors over the years that I think a little bit of it's tied to pride. I think there's a little bit of pride involved in it of I can do this on my own or maybe a little like a little bit of a, it kind of boosts their ego a little bit. If, if they do it on their own, oh yeah. man, these kids need me because nobody else will do it. Nobody else, you know? Um, and again, I just don't know if that's. Yeah. And I think some of the sustainable think, long-term, I think in some contexts, this isn't always, but in some contexts, there is a pressure I think that some youth pastors feel to be the one doing everything. And, and maybe in some church contexts, even that's the expectation. Um, but I think in most it's self-inflicted. 
Yeah, and you know, and and you and I both have several things written down that that we've learned over the years related to volunteers. And a lot of the reasons why we're talking about this is because we're here at the beginning of the year. A lot of people are dealing with that. If you're like me, I mean, you're literally filling holes right now and you're getting school started back and you're going, okay, who's going to go where? Do I have enough? Do I have enough people on Wednesday night? All that that goes along with that. And uh, it's funny. I think your air quote thing is striking me as well because I'm moving my hands like crazy right now. Like some <laughs> um, so, uh, so in that, there's that like it, it, you're just dealing with that. I don't know, man. I think it's I think it's real. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I kind of forgot what I was saying to be honest with you. What was I? So saying? you have you have some things written. I have some things written. That's what, what I was saying. What? Yeah. What do you what do you have? So uh, well, one of the things is what you were just saying. That's what I was about to say. Thank you. Um, dude, I'm so tired. Wednesday night, you wouldn't have believed tonight was nuts, Jody. I'm not gonna lie. Like tonight was just certifiably crazy in my room in a good way. But I had hands down more sixth graders. Uh, it was all the brand new sixth graders in the room. And these kids have no fear. No fear. <laughs> I love it. They're not walking in like deer in the headlights. They're they're walking in with like like they own it and they're the ones looking for the deer in the headlights. I mean, they got their like crosshairs out. I mean, it was nuts. Um, anyway, uh, um, that said, one of the things I wrote down was don't buy into the lie that you're the, the one that the, let's again, don't buy into the lie that you're the one who has paid. So you should do all the work, yeah. you know? And, and there is that mindset at times where it's like, well, I'm the paid holy man. You know, that's what one of my leaders called me for a while. Um, so therefore, you know, you should be doing it all. And now don't get me wrong. It's work. And you do need to be doing your job. And you can't get volunteers to literally do everything where you're not doing anything, you know, because it is a job and you do need to work, right? But it is not, it, it, it cannot, you can't fall into that trap of thinking. You're the only one. Now, to be fair, Joe, do you think some, people that are listening maybe their church treats them that way is it possible sure well sure yeah, of I've, course I've right served in that. <laughs> i've served in that environment yeah i mean there's there's bound to be some folks listening that they're like well it's not so much that i'm self-inflicting that it's that other people say well you're the youth pastor you should be the one doing all this stuff and that's where you have to somehow figure out a way to create a culture and get some people around you that don't feel that way yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where and we I feel like we say this all the time about so many different subjects, but that's where longevity is your friend. Yeah. Because you're, you're probably not going to be able to turn that culture in a year or two, maybe. Um it's it's going to take it's going to take some time. And you've got to know that and be intentional about kind of seeing that through and um but you can it just it's just you just got to know that okay it might be you for a while but it won't have to be you forever yeah man that's good um you have some things right yeah you have some things that you've learned over the years some key to kind of take away point well I, i suspect some of the ours will match up here we haven't read these to each other yet um, yeah, so I have, and this kind of goes even into what we're talking about right here. I, I wrote down, uh, cast vision clearly and consistently. 
And yeah. I think that is, that's really important for a number of reasons for me. I think that directly uh, ties into recruiting and uh, getting new volunteers on board. I think it also helps build that culture we're talking about of why volunteers matter, why are they important, and the fact that you can't do it all. And and even if you could, you couldn't do it all well um, or effectively. And so you've got to be able to kind of cast a clear vision in that regard. And, and let me say this too, when I say cast vision, the vision you're casting to those leaders and to your student ministry, it, it can't be like it has to fall in line or underneath the umbrella of the church as a whole. Like you, you can't have your own vision that doesn't line up with what the church as a whole is trying to accomplish. Um, and, and so you've got to be able to convey what, what it is that the student ministry, how is it in your student ministry that you are seeking to accomplish what the church as a whole is seeking to do, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, Jody, I agree with you 100%. And I think the key, the key to what you're saying to me is that I, I want to be able to talk with someone who's thinking about serving somewhere. And I want them to get the impression from me that I am I am being very intentional and I have a plan that I'm implementing and I've got my act together and that we're going we're headed somewhere. Yeah. Like we're going somewhere. We got we're going we this there's some intentionality behind what we're doing. We ain't just getting together eating pizza on Friday nights. Right. But there's way more to us than that. Way more to that. And tied to that, Jody, I mean part of that part of what and I've said this before in different like little breakout things I've done over the years, you know, I kind of, I kind of want them to think that the best place to serve in the church hands down is youth ministry. Well, because it is. And that's part of that vision. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, mean, I, I, believe, I that. believe that, but, um, but I want kind of unapologetically and it's not a competition and you got to still support the other, other groups and all that. But that said, I want to create a culture because it's so clear that what we're headed, what we're doing, what we're about is that, People are like, uh, dude, I want to be on board with that. Yeah. They're like, I want to be a part of that. I'm pointing now. See, you, this little, <laughs> you started this with the air quotes. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I just, I think, I think you're dead on, man. And I don't mean, right. I don't mean like, man, you got to sit down and come up with your core values and your, you know, this and the that's and the this and the that. I just think you need to know where you're headed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I think, you know, a lot of times I, I see, and this is, we, we actually, I think um, episode six, I believe it was, I don't have it in front of me, pulled up, but Nate Turner came came on and he we talked about how do you craft vision for your ministry. And uh, yeah, great, good. great episode. I mean, you know, Nate, he's the man when it comes to that stuff. And, uh, you know, so when we talk about this, there's a difference between vision and mission. We all have the same mission. Um, you know, vision is kind of what we're looking at and how we're accomplishing that. But I, I agree. I'm not, when I'm saying cast vision, I don't care if you have it on your wall or your letterhead or your website, you know, that's not what I'm talking about, but you need to be able to convey to people and you need to be able to do this consistently. And it should be done consistently, not just when you're recruiting, 
uh, or when you're dealing with volunteers, but what is it that you are accomplishing, seeking to accomplish what the Lord did? Yeah. And what is it, what are, what are you all about? What's your youth ministry all yeah, about? That's right. Why do you need, why do you need me as a volunteer? Yeah. What will my role be? Man, I just need some adults hanging out. Mm, yeah. I need more than yeah. that. <laughs> you know, like I need to know exactly what my opportunity is going to be, you know? So yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it's great. Ta-da. All right. You want one yeah, line? So I put down, and this is just a practical, you know, we're going to be all over the map on this, but these are just some key takeaways that I've learned over the years that I think is important to volunteers. Uh, I wrote this down. Interview everyone. Yeah. Interview everyone. Okay. So every volunteer that you have, I feel like you need to take the time to interview them and dig into what they are and who they are. Now, two reasons for that. One is so that you can check them out. <laughs> you know, and they should they should respect that. Matter of fact, if you got somebody who ain't on board with that, red flag, red flag. Yeah. You know, um, but but you want to be able to check them out and find out what their story is. What is their faith story? What is the reason they're wanting to serve with students? It helps you weed out in that moment. Oh, this is a person that really has seen what we're doing, and they want to pour their lives in the kids. Or this is a helicopter parent who literally wants to just be in the room because they don't trust their kid and they want to watch them and they could care less about any other kid. You got to be able to figure those things out. And that's one reason why you have to. Now, the second thing, though, is it's important that you give them the courtesy and going back to what you just said to lay out the vision and expectation. So you need to give them that moment where you're saying, hey, you're thinking about being a part of what we're doing. Or I'm, I've asked you to sit down and talk with me so that I can lay out. Here's what this role that you're thinking about volunteer. Here's what here's what the expectations are. Yeah. And here's specifically are sort of the, how it would impact you weekly. These are the kind of the big things each year that we want you to be a part of, if at all possible. And on top of that, here's if you want to know what I think a really good for instance, say for us, it would be like a life group leader. You know, that's kind of like our Sunday school leader kind of thing, you know. Um, this this is what a good leader does, like the ones that are really killing it. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I hope you're going to be one of those, you know. All those things, but in order to pull that off, you've got to sit down and talk with all of them or t- talk to these people, you know, and lay that stuff out. Do you out. have them, do you do an application of any kind? No, um, which, you know, I don't know that that's good advice, to be fair, because I feel like maybe a lot of people are. I would just say this. As a parent who is filling crap out all the time, don't put me through that unless you really need to put me through that. In other words, so for me, my thing is, instead of asking them to do all that application-y stuff, I'm, I'm doing the interview. Yeah. Because I'm going to find out everything in an interview that I need to know for the most part. Yeah, you see what yeah. I'm saying? Because I'm asking him those kind of questions and, it, and it's a talk back and forth, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, I, I would say two, two things just as way of advice on that. And you tell me what you think on this. Uh, I have stopped. I stopped a long time ago, even in things where we are doing like an application. So if it's like, I don't know, mission trip or like student leadership stuff. 
I don't call it an application. People just end up freak out for whatever reason in church. And we just call it information form. Um, it's the same thing. I just It doesn't say application at the top. It just says information form. So if you are in a context where you feel like, or, or there's an expectation of doing that, maybe you don't have control over whether or not you can do that. Um, I'm always in favor of, of not calling it application because I think people tend to shy away from that. Um, and even in the interview thing, if you're in a, if you're in a context where you can say, Hey, this, we do an interview with our leaders, then you need to communicate that up front. Um, but I, I don't know that you necessarily have to be super formal and, and tell them, Hey, do we do an interview? Like, I, let me just sit down and hear your heart. Let's talk about this. And let me explain what we're doing. And I think I will, I do interviews with all of our potential leaders as well, but I don't know that any of them have ever known or thought of it in the context of like an interview, like we would think of like a job interview or something like that. Yeah. So, well, okay. So here's where I would push back with you, Jody. Hey, could this be our first fight ever? Okay. Not really. It's not really a fight, but here's where I would push back. What I would call, or, or at least say, be cautious. And here's, here's where it is. If you're in a setting where you're having a hard time saying no to that person, you know, is nuts that's wanting to volunteer for you or you're in a situation where you have a hard time answering this question. How do you let somebody go? So some churches are in settings where they can't fire people. Yeah. Like meaning they can't let volunteers right. go because yeah, it would just be unheard of in the church or whatever, or that they would never say no to a volunteer because you just kind of have to say yes to everybody. So here's the only thing I'm saying. It, and, and we're probably dealing with semantics here on these words and I, I don't I don't necessarily call it an interview on my end but what I do what I am careful to say is I'm careful to never use words like oh hey now that you're a volunteer for me I want to sit down and have a conversation with you right rather right, right. hey as you're praying through the so I put it back with them as you're praying about whether or not you want to volunteer and we're praying about what our needs are and we're considering whether or not this is a good fit for you. I want an opportunity to hear your heart, and I want to give you an opportunity to hear my heart so that we can determine on both sides whether or not this is what God's got laid out. But then that gives you that ability to kind of go, you know, as we dug into this, I just feel like maybe, you know, we're full. <laughs> you know? Um, well, no, and I agree. But it also allows you. It also allows you to punt, put that ball down the field a little bit, maybe, and not, not overreact, and not, not over, you know, get yourself into, you know, to a predicament because Eager Be, you know, because Eager Beaver there wanted to volunteer for you. Right. No, and um, that's exact. I mean, that's well, that's I guess maybe a, if I'm not being clear, like that's exactly what I'm describing doing, rather than saying, oh, well, we have to do an interview first. And see yeah. if you pass the interview. Yeah, so like that. I, you don't know. You don't want to make it so formal. It doesn't sound. It's yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I person make I mean, it personal. The conversation you're talking about right there. But keep it I, real. I, keep it I, real, I, man. That is, I had that conversation this summer. Uh, there was a potential volunteer. Somebody was interested in volunteering in student ministry, and so you know we sat down and talked through it. And I went through expectations, and you know, talking through vision, talking, and and this person was sure. really familiar with that. And, you know, at, in the end of it, I, they didn't have volunteering. I had to tell them, I, I don't, 
I just don't feel like this is really where you're wanting to be right now, you know? Um, and so had I not sat down with them and done that, then, well, you know, we wouldn't have known. So yeah, no doubt it was helpful. All right. What else you got? Um, okay. So this probably sounds dumb, but I have, um, recruit well. And what I mean by that is you, you may be in a situation where you, you're stepping into a ministry and there's already in volunteers in place. So you just kind of have what you have and maybe they're great. Maybe they're not, but you have to make sure then regardless that the new leaders that come in, that you're recruiting them well. And I think that goes back to that idea of vision where you're recruiting on vision. And so I, I've talked about this before and I've written about this um, on on the blog and stuff and in some of the core stuff I've, I've done in the past, but th- there's a difference in recruiting on vision and recruiting on need. And I feel like most of the time when I hear or see uh Youth ministry, children's ministry, recruiting, it's almost always from a perspective of need um, in the sense of like, man, we really need somebody to come in and work with our seventh grade boys. Or we really need, and sometimes it even goes a step further and it turns into like guilt. Like if we don't get a leader for our, you know, ninth grade girls, then we're just going to have to, you know, we're not going to be able to meet and they're going to not be able to. And it's like, well, now you're guilting people into that and, and you're going to end up with people who are content to come in and fill a hole, but aren't really bought into what you're doing. And, and so when you're casting that vision, recruiting on vision and being really intentional up front and recruiting well, you're more likely to get leaders who are bought into what you're doing. And more importantly, perhaps, leaders who will stay so that you're not turning around in a few months or the next year and having to refill that hole. And so I, I describe it a lot of times like recruiting on vision is like raising the sail of the boat you're in that helps propel you forward, right? Where recruiting on need is like filling a hole in the boat so the boat doesn't sink. You're just trying to keep it afloat. Um, and so you have to make sure, I think, that when you are re- bringing in new volunteers, that you're recruiting them really well and that you're bringing in uh, really good quality volunteers and leaders. Yeah, Jody. So what I would say to that is like you recruiting on vision. If you're doing that, that means you understand that you're recruiting year round. Yes. Yeah. That that you're constantly building relationships with other adults, other parents, um, people, and always willing to share great stories of youth ministry with the hopes that it might lead to planting a seed in them that would cause them to want to be a part of what you do. Like that's that vision part. You're just sharing that kind of year round. If you're recruiting on need, typically that's happening the two weeks prior to you start. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Whatever event that is. And you're just trying to fill that hole because you ain't got somebody. I mean, you, you, you're short a guy leader to right. teach seventh grade guys and you got to find somebody and you're sending out emails, you're spreading the word, you know, 
and it's finally somebody you know they don't feel like nobody else is gonna do it so okay i'll do it you know and it's like and, yeah, and look you're gonna have yeah, moments whatever. where you have to do that you do and sometimes god's gonna use that and it's gonna turn out amazing but sometimes it's gonna Absolutely. turn out terrible i mean it's gonna go both ways and you can't depend on so like yeah man i'm uh, with you man you know an announcement in the bulletin and begging from the pulpit. Like that will get you every wacko, you know, like that is a horrible, horrible approach to recruiting. Yeah. I just think for me, man, it's always been, I've used this as an example before, man, playing on the men's softball team. I ended up recruiting three of those guys, you know, because I built relationship with them and they wanted to serve on my team. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's that you just got to be willing to get yourself out there and maybe be willing to sit at a table with adults in, instead of kids sure. every once in a while um, just to get to know some parents. Well, it's it's um, no different. I mean, this is a really uh, – maybe this is a cheesy example, but, I mean, when you think of, like, college athletics, I mean, they're not just recruiting before the season starts – you know, or before signing day. I mean, that's a year round deal. And, oh, it's always and that's what, yeah, it's, that's it's what builds a strong team and what purpose. Yeah. It's just got to be part of, has to be, be part of who you are. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, let's talk training for a minute. Um, we probably could go a thousand different directions on this, but I think just remember training is important. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote train intentionally. Could look it down. It could look a thousand different ways, right? Probably, you know. But here's what I'll tell you: um, whatever schedule you're going to keep there, as far as training, whether you train just once a year at the beginning before everything starts, a couple times a year, a weekly meeting, a monthly meeting, I don't know, whatever your whatever it is. Here's what I would say: be prepared. And never, ever waste their time. Um, When it comes to volunteers, man, you have to maintain that. Uh, It took me a while. I made some some terrible mistakes early on in my my first youth ministry gig by just kind of wasting their time. Hey, let's just get together and chat. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, You you just got to be prepared. You got to be, and I like the word intentional. You just got to have some intentionality behind that. And you want to never, ever waste their time. Have an agenda. Um, just have an agenda. Start oh, gosh, on time. Start on and we time. talked about this in our parent. You know, we said, um, and this is a little small tip here. I thought about this because when we talked about parent meetings, one of the things we said was, man, you're on time, you start on time, and the yeah. room is ready. Right? So so meaning that you're not getting there, everybody's kind of starting late, and you don't have enough chairs set up, blah, 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 whatever. The air conditioner wasn't turned on. No, 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 no. You got to be, do it well, treat them well, you know? And, um, and then, you know, as far as what the training is, I'll I'll tell you two things that I've learned over the years when it comes to that training time. One, there are a ton of resources out there. Yeah. Right. Tons. Like you can find articles, you can find things that you could use that you could bring in and say, hey, here's a youth culture update I could give you. I wanted to share with you guys. What do you think about that kind of thing? Yeah. Right? So that's one thing, okay? The second thing is, 
don't be afraid to start to create content on your own. Now, Jody, I think you and I are similar in this. How are we doing what we do now? You know, in terms of the podcast, the opportunities that we're getting to train at different settings. Um, me having written books and in the process of currently writing a book about volunteers. Um, that said, well, how do you get that? Well, honestly, I, I, I feel like I'm giving away my secret here. But literally, I just said, okay, what are five things, blah, 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 whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever the topic is. And you just start, you just start creating content. So if you happen to be in a setting where you're like, hey, what are five ways to get your kids to pay more attention, to, to pay, pay better attention on Sunday mornings during Sunday school? Well, number one, you know, eliminate distractions in the room. Number two. Be sure they're not on their, you know, maybe get a cell phone basket, put all their cell phones in it. Number three, make sure you're asking good questions. Number four, you know, and you create that content. And dude, I'm not kidding you, man. Jody, and I know your secret too, but all all you and I do is that. <laughs> that's, like that's literally all we do is we just, we just, you just go, okay. I'm, and then, and, but you got to work at it and, you, and it's based on things you've read and, well, and sometimes, you know, all that plays into that and you bring in other things that, that support that. So you, you don't just give only right, your opinion. Right. I think a lot of times you don't realize how much prepare. you know. You know, like you don't know, you, you just kind of, I think like there was a point where, and I don't remember when this was or if there was, it was like a great epiphany, but I just realized, man, I'm, I'm, I know, I know more than I think in terms of a lot of these basic things that I'm seeing my leaders struggle with, my volunteers. And ah, and listen, let's let me chase a little rabbit there. What you just said for a second, we need to be careful assuming that all of these leaders intuitively know yeah. the things we think yeah. they know for sure. Man, I'm struggling with these guys. They won't ever shut up. Intuitively, you were like, "Well, you need right. to do this, this, and this." But they may not be intuitively know. I mean, they intuitive. They may not know that. So you got to be willing to have some of those conversations and go. Hey, let me give you some tips. Yeah, and you can if you're if you're unsure. I would say this too. If you're unsure of like what to train on, ask your leaders. Like, what are some where are some areas that you yeah. feel like you need help? Where do you feel like you're doing well? Sure. Um, we have our volunteers kind of self evaluate at the end of every year. We give them a little survey, and. Uh, and so that helps a lot. That drives a lot of what we do in our training. And 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 this, it gets a little tricky. I, I don't know. Maybe you, you can speak to this too. I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. We've never actually talked about this. It gets a little more difficult, I think, to train your volunteers down the road because they've a lot of them have been with you for a very long time. And they've just been serving in student. Not that they've figured it all out, but like, you know, you, you kind of like, well, we've covered this. I mean, you, you know. Yeah. Well, and Jody here, I think part of what I would say to that is get over the idea that you're ever going to have a hundred percent attendance sure. at your yeah, meetings and give the people that need it or want it, you know, give them that and then allow other people to benefit. Of yeah, I think whatever, in that you know? case, what I would so, say is, um, 
you you can use that as opportunities for some of your more seasoned volunteers to pour in, invest, and mentor some of your newer and younger volunteers as well. And, yeah, and totally. but you've got it. Sometimes it's just as simple as asking. And and if you feel like you can't do it, or for whatever reason you can't find help, resources to help, which I find hard to believe, you can always ask and bring somebody else in. I mean, that's you know, there's people around you, other church in your area. Yeah, but I will say, don't waste. I will say this though, dude. Don't waste your older or your more seasoned volunteers. Don't waste their time by making them sit through something that right. they shouldn't have yeah, to yeah. sit through. And the practical implication of that for me is, so I have a new leader training every year for the beginning of the year, and then we have a all leader training where the new ones come to both the new right. and the all, right? And so, with the new one is, how do you take? and deal with the role sheets and how do you deal with visitors and how you deal with this and how you deal with that. I'm not going to put all my old leaders through that. They already know all that stuff. I'm not going to make them sit through 30 minutes of that stuff. And it may be if you're, so, if you're, yeah. if you're in a situation where you have like three or four volunteers, it may be just as simple of like, Hey, let's go to lunch and I'll walk through how to do this. It doesn't have to be a formal yeah. thing or Hey, why don't you come over to the house and yeah, hang out? Cool. You know? So I think how you train is going to look differently in, billion different contexts the important thing is that you are training and equipping and you're doing so intentionally yeah totally Uh, i want to make sure we have time so one of the great things we did was we threw questions out on our longer hall youth ministry podcast group um i want to make sure we get to those we're we're pretty deep into this thing did you have any more or do we want to jump in this no i don't i mean i just just things we've already talked about communicating well uh, I have a handbook okay. that I give our leaders and um, that we put together. It's a pretty massive handbook, actually. It's like 60 or 70 pages long. But it, it, it and in it, it's, listen, in it, uh, a lot of the things you're talking about are in there. Like, so how do you take role? How do you make a contact? Like, I, I we make no assumptions that you know anything. And yeah. and then oh, some like good. here's some facts and trends about the students here's this generation of students and here's what students really need from a leader and here's you know uh, and so as I'm recruiting even uh, I'm giving that to them and and I also within that also is a breakdown of like here's what it's expected of you time wise so if you're serving as a small group leader well it's going to take you this much time to you know, prep most weeks, you're going to teach for this many, this much time, you know, the context you're making it. So I, I try to, cause I don't want to just be like, Oh, I need you to come teach a small group. Cause there's more than that involved. So, and I, the last thing I want is for a leader to get in there thinking they're just teaching and then realize, Oh gosh, there's a whole lot more to this. So I, I can, I'll be glad to send that to whoever, um, if you'd like to take a look at that in a, in a PDF and you can take it and modify it and steal from it if you want. And, uh, cool. But, yeah. Well, we did, we threw up on the longer hall youth ministry podcast group, the question just saying, Hey, does anybody want to throw up? Yeah. Um, anything for you like us to consider? we got a, quite a few responses, man. If, so you need to join the podcast group if you're not on there. Uh, that said, Scott Osborne, man, jumped in pretty quick. What's up, Scott? Hope you're listening, man. Um, so he, here, here's a few things he has. First of all, best ways to celebrate leaders throughout the year. Jeremy Brummel kicked in a question. Jeremy. 
it's very similar to that when he said, Jeremy, I know what up, Jeremy. He's close. Um, how to be better organized in order to celebrate better. Um, you know, so this whole celebrating. So I, I, and I want to hear from you, Jody, for sure on this too, but I will tell you this. The first thing that comes to my mind is don't forget the coffee. Yeah. And so <laughs> when I think about, and, and so, um, it seems trivial, but I'm telling you, one of the best things I do on Sunday mornings is I've got four coffee pots going and with a, with a good spread of stuff laid out for all the different flavorings. Plus, we have a little hot water thing for people that want tea with good cups. And it has turned into just this easy way for us to say, we value you. I'm going to make good coffee. It's the and we joke, the best free coffee at Johnson Ferry at my church is is at my desk. Period. Like that's what we say, and and so our leaders know that, and so they come in, and it's created a culture for them where they can kind of hang out with each other yeah. for a minute, kind of deal. Um, so I think that's one way, but I'm sure you probably have a bunch. I've got we got other ways we celebrate as, yeah, as so well. I, what else you got? There's a couple of things that come to mind. One is I'm a huge fan of handwritten thank yous. Um, yeah. And, Interesting. I've never gotten one from you. But anyway, go ahead. Keep talking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think, and, and I try to do them. I, I mean, I think obviously if you can send handwritten stuff like birthdays and anniversaries and that kind of stuff, that's that's huge, right? Uh, I, I, I Transparently, I, am, I don't do a good job at that. Um, but I do often, yep. as I'm thinking of praying for our, our volunteers and leaders, we'll just do a a, a handwritten thank you note or card or postcard. I, I just, yeah, I think it goes so long. So, I I love getting those right, um, and so for somebody to take the time yeah. to do that, so that's a big thing for me. We've also done. Well, and, hey, let's let's push pause for a second there. I think what you're saying also with what Jeremy Jeremy Brummel asked about how do you be better organized. One thing I would say that you have to be willing to do in order to celebrate those moments and write those thank you notes, or for me, I send a text kind of thing because I'm because you're not as good as you. Savvy. But that said, yeah, um, coming soon, like literally here in the next week or two, I'll make so I'm I already have all my old leaders. I already have all their birthdays saved with a reminder set on my in my phone. I'll go in and make sure I have all my new ones set and I'll make sure I have them all in the group text. And, and yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Like you, but if you don't take the time on the front end to do all that, it's going to slip by and you're yeah, not going to remember You that. put that stuff in your calendar too, so you, you know, and it's there and yeah, you, that's what I have. That's what I have in my calendar with a, with a, an alert is what I have. So yeah, so that's good. Yeah. We've done, we've done retreats too, like leaders retreats, uh, just like an that's overnight. Cool. Yeah. Um, and that's been really good for us. I, I did that initially when I first came on staff here, uh, where I am currently. And, and that was massively huge for us. And then we always do an end of the year cool. celebration as well. We give out Christmas, like a little Christmassy gift kind of thing too. We do a big yep. Christmas party on our end. Yeah. Um, but we got to do some more wrap. We got to get moving on this. If we're going to get through all these, um, Scott also asked what what to do when leaders leave. Uh, I would just say this. 
I would say give yeah. them my blessings. <laughs> um, and I often have to kind of clarify that with folks. Like I have to go, you know, when they say, you know, I'm thinking about not teaching next year. I I just personally have learned that that if I try to talk them into staying, often I yeah, regret I that. And and so I just say, man, you know what? I really appreciate you telling me and um you know, thank you for I I trust, you know, I trust you, you know, that and I'll say this in a guilt-ridden way. I'm like, man, I just trust you. I appreciate the work you've done and I trust that you prayed about this and uh, man, if this is what God's, you know, leading you to do, I mean, I, I want to support yeah. you and encourage you wherever you decide to serve. Now, obviously, if you know there's a, if they're leaving because of a con, you know, a conflict or something that needs to be dealt with, that's a different thing. But if they're just like, they're tired and they want to go to Sunday school with their wife or their, their husband. Yeah. For a change. Yeah, I think you have to give them permission. Blessings. Away. You just got, yeah. I mean, blessings. Uh, Thank you, you for serving. The youth ministry can't be like Hotel California, right? Where you, it, yep. <laughs> okay, wait, yeah, I, I know where we're trying to run through these, but I made a comment about something the other day to one of our middle school girls about uh, Hotel California. Yeah. It's like, you know, once you get in, you can't ever leave. And she was like, well, remind me never to go there. She didn't have any idea it was a song. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, delegate, de- delegating, delegating uh, to volunteer leaders. Um, Scott mentioned yeah, that. I think so we, we talked yeah, about that. I, I think really you know. just have to have real. I think part yeah. of that is. So here's vision, expectation. Say, what's the plan? Say, make a list. All that's important. Essentials versus non-essentials. What are things that only you can do? That you have to be the one doing it, and then everything else, and and then start to pass off. Yeah some of those other smaller things that you're spending a whole lot of time doing that is keeping you from doing those essential things well. And even your strongest, most professional volunteer people that you have that have normal careers where they're leaders, maybe they're presidents of things or CEOs of things or doctors or lawyers or own their own companies, whatever. Most of those people are good leaders because they also know how to be yeah. led and, and they want you to tell them like, Hey, this would be helpful if you helped me put all these balls in the closet, <laughs> you know, um, whatever that might be Uh shout out to Bradley Cruz, man. What's up, Bradley for second and all those that want to not say your name, uh, Matt McClay. How do you train your youth leaders to be spiritually involved in the lives of their students? What are some good ways breaking down the youth group under spheres of care for each leader? Uh, how do you resource your leaders? So we've talked about the resource in our leaders a little bit with some of that training uh, stuff there. Uh, how do you train your leaders to be spiritually involved, Jody? Um, I mean, part of that is just, I think, just the nature of, number one, the type of curriculum and lessons that I'm providing. But I think also for me, the kind of things we're talking about yeah, in our training moments. I think moments. you've got to. Yeah? I think they've got to see the importance of it first of all. That you're not here just to teach. Um, well, I will tell you part of so part of my that that interview process yeah. that I talked about. One of the things I say is I'm like, look, I don't need a babysitter. Yeah. We don't need babysitters. 
We need people that are going to pour their lives into kids and help them lead them spiritually and help disciple them. And so you, you have, have to, to cast that. that vision. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a good question, though. and I think that's a. I, th- I think you end up with a lot of people who want to come and babysit or who just want to come teach, and I think that's because you're not clearly. That goes back to that vision and expectations thing. So I think I think, uh, and then yeah. equipping. Like, what does that look like? How do I do that? How do I make contact with students? How do I, um, how do I get involved in their life? Like, what does that look like? Because it's intimidating for some for for adults who haven't served with teens or haven't really been around involved teens. That's really intimidating, and so kind of giving some some guidance and training on that's helpful. Yeah, uh, well, Josh Mathis, Matthias, Matthias, yeah, maybe cool Matthias. What's up, Josh? Sorry for butchering your name. Jody's fault. Uh, how do you ask leaders to step down? I said the other day when I saw him post that, I almost put a uh, a gif of Trump <laughs> saying you're fired. <laughs> to the um, so, dude, all I'll say, man, is it ain't easy. Lots of prayer, pastor support. Yeah. I think you do it as graciously. Church support, key leadership support. You do it as graciously as you can, and as encouraging as you can, and it. Yeah, it's a process, right? Just not automatically. Obviously, if they did something immoral, yeah. But like, if they're just not getting the job done, yeah. wait. Maybe look for an automa- a more natural transition. Maybe may as simple as just helping them uh, find a place where they really do fit better. Um, and and that's not saying, oh, you know, you really suck as a youth leader. You should go serve in the children's ministry. Um, but you know, maybe they're just suited for a better place to serve in the church and you yeah. just it's just a matter of helping them get in the right seat josh to be fair we're doing a little bit of a flyby on that that's a really deep question and since we're running kind of out of time here we probably aren't going to do a deep dive into it if you do need a little help with it text one of or email one of us or facebook yeah, just reach out in the group could, in the facebook group josh I, I, i've got a whole bunch of stuff on that actually that uh yeah. that i and i'd be willing to jump in with anybody anytime to kind of Dig deeper on that kind of stuff if anybody yeah. needs a sound board. So, Lee Decker, dude, <laughs> Lee Decker, he's one of my volunteers, but actually, Lee, my man Lee is about to get his first youth minister gig, bro. Like, he's probably about to be hired as a part time youth pastor at this church. It's amazing. But that said, Lee, you know the answer to your question because I interviewed you, bro. So, stop wasting my time. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We talked about the interview and I'm just messing with him. Uh, Trent Nolan. Are you are you yeah, still yeah, are you yeah. looking at the page by the way still okay uh, how to get volunteers when your church doesn't have a volunteer culture hmm, interesting how to build a volunteer leadership structure from nothing to really uh, well. I would That's start with your parents because they yep, are most the most invested and it could be and here's where I would start and this because this is how I've done it because I had to do this it was as simple as hey I need. Uh, it's. I think it starts with providing on ramps, and what I mean by that is, maybe you need people to help drive to something, or you need somebody to provide snack for something, or you know, it's so it's very, it it's not like a commit a long term commitment. It's like a, a an opportunity to serve for a moment, right? And so you get them in and around the student ministry, and and that becomes more and more consistent, and they begin to see what it looks like. Yeah. 
Because as crazy as it sounds, sometimes you have to just let people know that you are willing and you do need. Yeah. Volunteers. So like when we do our, like people aren't just going to come knocking your door down, going, "Hey, let me serve." Let me so serve, at a parent meeting, you know, we stand up and say, "Hey, here's all the needs. Here's here's." Uh, we've talked about the welcome wagon and and stuff with on before with trips and like here are all the areas that you can serve if you'd like to be plugged in and involved and you know I, I think you have to convey the the need and the opportunity again your cast in vision uh, of of that and being intentional on how you recruit but it, I think a lot of times it starts yeah. with just providing those simple on ramps yeah no doubt. Hey, what up, Trent, by the way? Trent and I, man, we've hung out at Conclave a little bit before, so he's a good guy. Um, Marco Jericho. Cool name. Dude, that's a freaking awesome name. <laughs> it's like a that's band like a, name, like author name, cool pastor name. W-E name. Marco Seriously, Jericho. dude. Like, so sorry, jealous. Marco, we're taking advantage of your name there. Uh, that and we're about to say, dude, I think that's a different topic. Um, how do you develop a youth culture, youth worship culture related to volunteer thing? I'm not really, maybe that's just a general question. I do feel like we talked about that a little bit about essentials yeah. of a worship service though. in that one episode, um, that we talked about. Um, so, uh, yeah, let me, yeah. I'll, I'll see what episode um, that was. Uh, we just, we just talked about that, right? Yeah, you did that with, uh, Oh, yeah, so that was 62. I wasn't there for that one, I think. Episode 62. So 62. Uh, Marco, check out check check out episode 62, and if that's not, if we're not scratching your itch there, throw it up as another question by itself, and we'll consider it for a future episode. Uh, Jeremy Brumble, training and developing leaders. First of all, Jeremy, I know you, and you're kind of good at some of that stuff already, but thanks for asking. Um, yep. but we did talk about that one already. Uh, Wendy Everett. Wendy great name that's my wife's name uh this is not my wife though. this is wendy everett uh how to encourage volunteers to prioritize their own spiritual growth wow yeah, i read that earlier question. i remember i said oh that's a really good question that was the one that was the one. Oh, was that the one yeah man um i think that ties in jeremy's so after that i'm not trying to he says if yeah, you have ahead. a traditional model of church sunday school then service or vice versa how can you help your teacher yeah how do you have a class yeah so that that's a real heartbeat of mine too, Wendy and Jeremy both. And and I'm not trying to author book drop on you on this thing, but as I've got as I've got so I'm writing this book called What a Teenager Needs from a Youth Worker, and it's gonna be out here hopefully at some point soon. Um but that said, one of the things I dig into there is man, one of the main things they need is they some they need someone who has an authentic walk yeah. with Christ. And it's so easy for us as youth workers, youth pastors, youth ministers, youth volunteers. It's so easy at times to get wrapped up in all the doing and the serving and sort of feel like, oh, well, I'm doing all this stuff. So obviously I've got my act together and I'm doing great. But it's important to remember, oh, no. Maybe not. So I would just say encouraging them that. But also part of that may be, in those training opportunities, maybe it's not always, hey, here's a youth culture update, but rather, hey, let's start with a quick Devo yeah. for a second here and have a little moment there and I, I just say, keep that real. I, so, I think it's important, too, to just to check in with your leaders on that. Like, hey, how are you doing? Mm, yeah, and like have conversations, honest, right? Real honest have conversations. Real conversations. Not make yep. those broad assumptions, too. Like, I think a lot of times, yeah, no doubt, uh, we just, we don't ask. And it, and it, 
sometimes it's just we don't think about it. We're we're so busy doing other things. Um, and it may be, it may be that like I know um, a youth pastor that that we're friends with, Terry Huey. In their context, they have a traditional model like Jeremy's talking about uh, that Sunday school and worship thing, and they they have a small group that meets outside of that model made up just of their youth leaders. Um, and so for them, that's cool. that, that yeah. works really well. That may not work in every context, but they're able to pull that off cool. really well. Cool. That's a great question. Good question. Good, good job. Uh, Danny Myers. What's up, Danny? Um, how to recruit volunteers when you grow, uh, when you grow fast. Uh, his group has grown from 40 to 70 over the summer. That's awesome. Hey man. Awesome. That's cool. Uh, due to a lot of factors, but uh, we really haven't added any volunteers. Yeah, that could be a problem. Um, I think one, you know, what comes to my mind, and we're just kind of rapid fire and thinking through this, kind of shooting from the hip. But I think one to celebrate that out loud with people and, and yeah. tell that story, right? So get the word out that we've experienced this, and then I think specifically target some people, maybe one from the people that from the kids that you've grown, you know, target some of those parents. Um, yeah. I th- take a moment to really evaluate what your need actually is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I think you, and look for somebody to fill those specific, specific yeah, I think you have to identify roles. where the needs are. You can't just go out and just get a bunch of volunteers. Yeah. I think if you, if you can identify the specific roles you need, then you can, you can, uh, you're much more equipped to recruit volunteers to fill those roles versus Oh, we just we desperately need people to work with our youth ministry. No one knows what they're getting into, so no one's going to agree to that. Um, And so I would start again. I think like what we said: cast a clear vision, celebrate those things, uh, start with parents, provide some on ramps. Yeah, and I'll say this. So here's and this may be a really immediate solution for you, Danny, and other folks may be dealing with this. And I just had to deal with this this past Sunday, so I'm I'm super shorthanded right now, and. I lost a volunteer for a person who runs sound and tech for us. Um, and I needed somebody for this past Sunday. I needed a volunteer for this. Um, but I didn't recruit trying to solve the, the need permanently. I recruited purposefully temporarily. So here's what I mean. I literally, I I called somebody and said, Hey man, I'm not asking for you to do this all the time, but I need you this Sunday. I need, can you step up this Sunday? Cause I knew this person couldn't do it long-term. Yeah. Right. And so they were able to step in, help me keep my head above water and survive. And then it gives me time to just kind of breathe. You know what I'm saying? So maybe recruiting a couple of people temporarily, you know, would be, be, be an uh, option. I, there. I think you so, just have to really aggressively look at who, where the needs are and start asking people. People aren't just going to flock to you. Most, I mean, you can say we really need people to do this, 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 and this, but everybody wants to be personally asked. And I would start with the leaders you have as well. I would ask the leaders that you do have in place who they think would also be good to serve because hopefully they have a good understanding of, of what's happening vision culture wise. And, and they can identify people who they feel like would also be a good fit on the team. Cause that's the other thing we really didn't talk about, but when you're recruiting volunteers, 
it's not just a matter of bringing somebody on who would do well in a certain role. You also, I think, have to really think about the chemistry of your team because um, that can really derail it. Yeah. So by starting with the volunteers you have, uh, that that can really that can be a great place. So I'd start there and I'd start with parents. And I'd just go after it. So uh, there's so much more yeah, we can say good. about this, but it's man, good. we're way, way long. So. Yep. Yeah. But I will say this, hey, for all the folks that that at, that contributed to the conversation with some of these questions, man, thank you. It really means a lot to us that you guys are and gals are posting these questions. I love that. I love the fact that we're it's a it's a conversation that we're having and know this, we struggle with this as well and we have to fight this battle also and we're kind of all in this, you know, together trying to figure this thing out. So, keep up the great work, man. Keep praying. Absolutely. And uh just know that yeah, volunteers if we, if are important. You, if we didn't really this cover or ask, answer your question, uh, or you're thinking of another one now, maybe you're listening and you're like, oh man, I have a question. Uh, if you're not a part of the the podcast group, Super Secret Podcast Group, um, he- head over and uh, jump in, request to jump into the group, and you can you can comment on the post, the initial post there, follow up with that, reach out to us. We'll be glad to do and help uh, in whatever way we can um, to help you that, but uh, hopefully this has been helpful, at least as you're starting to think through recruiting and training your volunteers. And uh, I know this is a, a busy, busy time for that. So uh, for tuning in, listen, listen. if uh, you're finding the show helpful, man, make sure you subscribe so that you can get them as they come out each and every time. Be sure to head over to YM360.com and check out all of the goodies they have there. Curriculum devotionals. Now resources, youth leader development, like we're talking about training stuff, right? I mean, that's a great place for to go for that uh, summer camp stuff. And don't forget the promo code Longer Hall to save yourself twenty percent. Uh, I think that's it. You got anything else? No, man. It's uh, it's good, man. I'm hoping at some point my voice will get come back. I probably sound terrible on all these podcasts. I apologize, to everybody. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I'm gonna put a link to that. Uh, I've just I've struggled all summer. I mean, I've just been struggling. My voice is just shot. So, cool. uh, but anyway, it's been good though. Well, all right, it's I think fun. that'll do it. So uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. Till then, stay at it. We'll be there. Go all right. Oh, we did. We did. We did find out today that we're gonna have somebody really yeah, awesome exactly. soon. We'll tell you about it later. Uh-huh. That's a little tease. All right. See you in the next episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.